Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to week two. My name is Gabe. I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Joshua Joins. He is personally giving you guys peace signs, hope and love all around. We just need more love in the world. We do. Well, welcome to week two. This is Couch Clash where the two opinions today are going to be way out of the ordinary and... We're, we're going to take some hot takes today, but let's get right into it. Let's get into the weekend recap. We started with probably the two shittiest teams in the NFL, Browns and Bengals, where the Browns looked like the best team in the NFL because they were playing the Bengals. 35-30, the Browns win. Can we talk about something, though? Yeah, let's talk about the it. The betting line here was minus 5.5. The Bengals scored like with 45 seconds left with the backdoor cover. I was upset about it. Good job, Bengals. a lot of America. Joe Burrow is elite. We'll get into that later. Then we're going to take it in. We're going to kind of skip around here. Stay with us. Seahawks and the Patriots, both dark horse MVP candidates. Looks really good. Seahawks take the game 35-30. We're going to also talk about – Josh is giving me the one finger because I know exactly what to talk about. And we'll get into that later. Is the coaching decisions of Seahawks going to affect the rest of the year? Let that ponder with you. Then we move out to an NFC North game, Packers versus Lions, where the Packers just absolutely make Matt Patricia eat his words like he's been eating all those sandwiches. The Packers look like the real deal this year. They do, but then again, it's the Lions. Then we head out where the Bears almost choke against the Giants, who lost Saquon Barkley 17-13, the Bears. And we're going to head to the most upsetting game of the day, the Cowboys and the Falcons, where the Falcons special teams coordinator is in hiding currently, I've heard. Trying to escape the Falcons fan, and the special teams coordinator job is on the line. Reports are saying he's living under a bridge on Peachtree Street. These reports may or may not be true. Then we head out to the Titans and the Jaguars, where Gardner Minshew, again, slinging the ball, but the Titans just too much. Is Ryan Hanahill an elite QB this year? Eh, who knows? Then we head on over to the Colts and Vikings, where Kirk Cousins looked like he was praying for his life, just like he does every Sunday. 28 to 11, Vikings get throttled. What the hell is going on with the Vikings? No idea. Then we go to my boy, Bills Mafia, Josh Allen. Josh, disrespectful towards Josh Allen. They beat the Dolphins 31 28. They beat the Dolphins by four. An uh, injured 49ers team just destroys the Jets. I feel like you're going to hear that a lot. The Jets getting destroyed. 31 yeah. 13. Then we had on over where the Rams. This is, I mean, a lot of lopsided games this week. Mm-hmm. 37 to 19 on the Eagles. Carson Wentz looks like, as my friend Sam Darnold once said, was seeing ghosts. I think the Rams are looking good despite getting rid of Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. That's th- something I think a lot of people were not expecting. Yes, another good team. Steelers versus Broncos. Drew Locke out four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. Steelers win 26 21. They're looking really good defensively. Big Ben's back. Love my boy, Big Ben. He just. He looks like a white suburban dad throwing a football around is, there. Is Deontay Johnson the number one receiving option in Pittsburgh right Hot now? Hot take there. I don't know. I, I saw that on Twitter. I'm not going to take credit for it. <laughs> I don't know who said it, but I'm just saying uh, Broncos are in deep trouble. They've got uh, Jeff Driscoll's their first option, and they're talking to Blake Bortles. When you are talking to Blake Bortles, your season is in deep trouble. It is a deep trouble. Then we head on over to the my dark horse team, the Cardinals versus the Washington football team. Da, 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 da. Cardinals, 30 Washington football team, 15. But let me tell you something. I am impressed with the Washington football team. I think they're going to be underrated all year. Yep. Uh, they're going to be ready to go. They kept it in. It was it was a two-touchdown game. So. Yeah, I agree. Another surprising game, Chiefs and Chargers. Uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> Anthony Lynn and his coaching decisions because I think it's dumber than Willie's opinion last week's on the, the show. I just can't even talk about it. 
Another throttle, Lamar Jackson looking like an MVP early again. 33-16, they beat the Texans. Then we head on to Monday night. Dare I say the Raiders get their first betting win in Vegas. They wrote it down on their wall. And the Saints, is Michael Thomas more valuable than people say he is? Or is Drew Brees finally getting getting like really bad? I agree. Um, one more thing about the Raiders game. At the end of that game, it was a 10-point game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this tells you how bad the media is. The announcers were mad at John Gruden for trying to kick a 54-yard field goal to go up 10. Yeah. Which they obviously hit because they won by 10. But why would you punt the ball and give it to Drew Brees yeah. with a minute up 7? That was Even stupid. Even if they don't have Michael Thomas, it's one of the better quarterbacks in the yeah. league in a long time. You punt it to them, they score. You miss the field goal, they score. It doesn't matter. But kicking the field goal gives you the opportunity to get three points. So – to my right, we have a whiteboard here. We like to write down our ideas. And we're going to get back to that Browns-Bengals game. Josh, would you like to go into your Bengals take you have up there on the board? But let me just both say, Josh and I both think Joe Burrow is elite. He's going to be in this league for a very long time. Yeah, I, I think Joe Burrow is elite. And this we'll talk about this a little bit with college football. But, I mean, if the 2019 season doesn't happen, Joe Burrow does not end up on the Bengals. No. He probably doesn't start at the NFL, so... The cultural season's got to go on so that stories like Joe Burrow's can happen. Um, so one of two things is going to happen with the Bengals, and I can't decide which one is going to happen. So either they're going to make the playoffs within the next two years, and I think they could be Super Bowl contenders within five, but that's a little bit more iffy. Or the losing culture is finally going to just take all of, of the energy Joe Burrow has, and uh, they're just going to continue to lose. And I can't decide which one. And here's where it comes from. A.J. Green. Mm. My damn good dog. My Georgia Bulldog alumni. Went to the Bengals. Yeah. Had a great first season. Oh, yeah. And then is perpetually injured. Yeah. And I just think he doesn't have the energy to try to come back from injuries when he knows they're going to lose all the time. I think that's fair. I mean, it's definitely a hot take because he's an athlete. You know, you want want to see him as a competitor, but – why would you try hard when you're getting paid millions of dollars to sit I, up bench? I mean, okay, that's that's not fair. He's trying hard, yeah. but like in terms of of, I think when you continually lose, you create a losing culture. And I think that's For true sure. of any team, and so it's gonna be really interesting to see if Joe Burrow can light a fire under his teammates to become that playoff team that I think they could be with just a couple more changes. Now, do I think they're gonna be a playoff team this year? Absolutely not. They're yeah. also in a really tough division. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. So that's that's they're gonna get a wild card spot. I think. You next, think the Bengals are going to – Not this year. Not this year. No, like, I know. But you think in a couple years? I think in a couple years they get a wild card spot. They got to boost that offensive line. Yeah. Or the Joe Burrow experiment is a failure and Joe Burrow will go elsewhere when his rookie contract is up. We'll have to see. But speaking of teams, mm-hmm. we're going to get into some – you know, we're talking positively here. But let's just get into some coaching decisions because – Which one do you want to get into first? We're going to get into the just the dumbest coaching decision I think you can ever make. And that is going – on third and one, third and one, I don't give a damn hell who your QB is. I don't care yeah. if it's Tom Brady back when he was elite. You don't throw the ball 30 yards down the field on freaking third and one with Cam Newton, who's having the game of his life, giving him a chance with two timeouts. Here, here's the thing. is the Patriots get a lot of flack for their play on that 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 goal line play when there's two seconds left running Cam Newton. I actually think that was a brilliant play. It was. The only thing I would possibly change is maybe having a tight end go out on the left side yes. as so that you could jump past it if it failed the way it did. But the Seattle Seahawks coaching staff is not taking enough no. um, 
He was a hit for this. Because here's the deal. By throwing the ball at all, you're you're giving the, the Patriots extra time out with an incompletion. Yeah. So that goal I played doesn't even happen. No. If you run the football. Then not only do you throw it, but you don't do a quick little slant route or something. You decide to sling it down the field where best case scenario, I think best case scenario, you get a pass interference call. Yes. Best and they're the 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 officials. But you don't bank on that. You don't bank no, on that. Because the officials are gonna probably keep their, their yeah. flag in their pocket. Follow the whistle. Yeah. Yeah, regardless of what happens. I just I you give them an extra timeout, it's third and one. Yeah, everybody knows a run is coming. But you run it at anyway. At least let them beat you. Yeah. At least let them stop you on third. You have to get one yard and you have Chris Carson in the backfield. Yeah, I, I, that was unconscionable. And the fact that nobody's talking about it purely I mean, comes down to the won. fact that they won. Because they winning, won. Winning if, solves everything. Yep. If winning Cam Newton would have been in that end zone, you bet your bim diggity ass the freaking reporters would have been on the offensive coordinator and Pete Carroll saying, why the hell did you throw on third and one. Now, can we talk about something, though? Go ahead. I think it would have been poetic had the Patriots tried to throw the ball. Oh, I got it intercepted. Yeah. Well, not even intercepted. Or just, just they, throwing it. Just show them, hey, look. Like, even this is how if, you actually if, do if, it. If they convert, it'd be like, we can throw the ball on the goal line. Why can't you? <laughs> like, I just think that would have been the ultimate gut punch. Speaking of terrible coaching decisions, yeah. w- w- what is Anthony Lynn thinking over there? Okay, so here, wait, wait, wait. so so for those of you that don't know, can, can I explain real fast? Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so we were watching NFL Red Zone on Sunday. Yeah, that's where we watch all, the, all of our games. And they go, and the guy breaks in the late game, and he goes, "Looks like Justin Herbert is starting <laughs> the game for the Chargers. This is super unexpected. Uh, I wonder why." Well, come to find out, three days later, it's because he was playing with a cracked rib and an injection for pain. Punctured his lung. <laughs> an injection done by the team doctor. Punctured his lung, and and there's a whole bunch of things. The the Chargers want um, Tyrod Taylor to come back as soon as possible. Doctors are like, you have a punctured lung. The, and it, and the they NFL is investigating that right now. Yeah, the NFL Player Association, and it, it's. I was talking to a couple people who know medical stuff, and they all said that it is a risk. Now, is it rare? Absolutely, but it is a risk when you yes. do a blind injection, as they call it. But after the game, Anthony Lynn came out. Justin Herbert played a really great game, almost beat the Chief, came out and said that Tyrod Taylor was their quarterback. Now, now, at first that, that seems unconsciousable. But then you understand that their team doctor is the one who injured yeah. him. You got it. You can't let a quarterback go away because he got injured by the team doctor. But but this is a team that drafted Justin Herbert with their number 10 pick. Mm-hmm. So – you're bringing a top 10 pick in and you start Tyrod Taylor who yeah has NFL experience mm-hmm. he has winning experience but he comes in Justin Herbert does his job at such a short notice how do you not look at his coach and be like hmm maybe we should rethink we almost beat the defending super bowl chance champions because of my also it's a PR thing though can we can we also get into the fact that they punted it on fourth and one to Patrick Mahomes? No, see, that was the more indefensible decision. The j- like, that was so... You don't do that. You Again, you lose. Why do, Why are coaches so adverse to going forward on fourth down? I don't know. Like it's, Especially fourth and short. It's like a guy who just got out of a breakup and doesn't want to talk to his ex. Like, they're just so like, oh, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to talk to Bro. I, Go for it on fourth and one. I think the tide is changing. Uh, I was listening to Pardon My Take, a fellow podcast this morning, and they had Lane Kiffin on. 
And uh, they were talking about going for a fourth and one and how the tides kind of changed. Because uh-huh. like five years ago, if you went for a fourth down at any point in tide, they would call you a 12-year-old. Oh, yeah. But now the stats are showing sometimes you got to go for it. You and, do. And we got to get those old coaches out and get the new coaches in who understand that. Because Anthony Lynn was playing not to lose. They were not playing to win and they lost. Yeah. I also, mean, shout out to Harrison Butker. Two yeah. 58-yard field that goals. Was, That's mean, insane. That was the only guy who did good on my fantasy team this week. <laughs> same, same with me. Specs. Well, let's just – last one of just dumb coaching decisions. Let's just go to your team. That and let's talk – no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just talk – let's just talk for a second. Yeah, let's talk. Are the Falcons afraid of a 20-point lead? They yes should be. No? They should be. I don't know if they are, but they absolutely should be. Uh, just, I mean, come on. Uh, okay, so this was a stat that I'm sure many people listening know. Going into Sunday, since 1938, teams that had scored 39 points in professional football and had zero turnovers were 440 and zero. You can now put a one there. There is now 440 and one. This is entirely on the special teams. Okay, not entirely, but like 90%. Uh. I... I don't know who like you. Sh- you bring your your hand team together before and you go. Hey guys, go you can on the jump ball. on the ball. Oh my you don't have to wait till it goes ten yards. Only they do. It was. Oh, it hurts my head. Like it's not that hard. Yeah, but as an Atlanta sports fan. Yeah. As soon as they scored the touchdown to get within two points. Yes. In my heart of hearts, I knew Dallas was recovering the outside kick. I don't know how, but I just knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you expect it, the worst. You also got to talk to your defense coordinator. Your offense coordinator is safe. Yeah, he had zero turnovers, thirty-nine points. Oh yeah, that's fine. But how does your defense coordinator go up forty points with zero turnovers? Dude, I wish I could tell you. I, I, I it's just, it's appalling to me. And and here's here's my other biggest fear coming out of this game. Dan Quinn on multiple occasions <laughs> has saved his job with late season heroics that didn't matter. Yeah. Last year he got saved. We didn't make the playoffs. He got saved yeah. because he won a couple games at the end. Yeah. He always sucks at the beginning of the season. I know. I, I, and you guys still keep him. I, I bet against the Falcons in week one. And they, they Because I know we suck in week one. Yeah. And we got destroyed. And week two, I bet us on the money line because I knew we were better than the Cowboys. We were better than the Cowboys yeah. for all but the last five minutes. Straight in point right there. I mean, but you can't do that. I mean, it's just as a fan, you're frustrated. And you're wondering what the heck is going on in that locker room. Yeah, Dan Quinn's got to go. I, regardless of what happens, Dan Quinn's got to go. He does. We could we could go. What is what is left in the season? Fourteen and two. Yeah. Dan Quinn's got to go. Still got to go. Dan Quinn's got to go because of this game. Yeah, I agree. I, it's it's inexcusable. Uh, he didn't really touch on it much, which kind of just makes me appalled too. But moving on from that, let's get in. You know, speaking of terrible things, my fantasy team once again <laughs> shit the bed. And it's just, when will it stop for Gabe? I've changed my names to Big Sad, Biggest Sad, and um, my team is so damn bad. Those are my two team names now. So let's just get right into it. I'm going to tell you straight up. I'm going to give you my start, sit them, sleepers. Start them, absolutely start. I don't care who you have. If you haven't been starting them, Kelvin Ridley. For Christ's sakes, please start Kelvin Ridley. The dude makes me, is making Julio Jones look like his little brother right now. It's embarrassing. Julio dropped an easy touchdown that just made me cry as a fantasy owner. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not saying sit Julio. He's still Julio. Yeah. But start Calvin Ridley. My sit this week, 
I know everyone liked to see it because I have him. Darren Waller, sit him against the Patriots, really good against the tight end. They know how to defend the tight end. Darren Waller had a really good time against the Saints because they're one of the worst defenses for tight ends. But can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Because I really think Darren Waller plays more of a wide receiver position as a tight end. Do you he, think that impacts how he's guarded by the Patriots? For sure, and that's why I think they'll be guarding. He'll they'll probably put Stephon Gilmore on him. Okay. And I think he'll have a tough matchup with a speedy Stephon Gilmore. Okay. Now my sleeper, maybe it's not a sleeper for everybody, but my boy Mike Davis from Carolina. Yep. He's starting for Christian McCaffrey, who was placed on IR today. Yes. Now, if I'm not mistaken, let me just go fact check myself. I'm pretty sure when he came in the game, yeah, he came in the game. And had 15.5 points. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure McCaffrey got hurt pretty late in the game. It was in the second half, I think. So that's that's promising. Against a Tampa Bay defense that's pretty good against the run, I think you start – my sleeper is Mike Davis. Start him. Maybe put him in a flex spot if you're a little, like, anxious. But against – I think they're playing Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I think that's a good matchup to have. So, Josh, what about you? All right, so my start. First of all, I went one and one this week. <laughs> I absolutely destroyed in Gabe's Michigan league, and then my wide receivers just didn't mean no favors. <laughs> uh, I uh, I had Devonta Adams who got injured and only had six point six points. Jarvis Landry had seven points in, in the game. Um, my stardom for this week. My starter for this week is – you're, you're, you're torn, aren't you? I, I am torn. Just, you, the first person, you know? Just go with it. Go with your gut. Please to God, don't say Rodrigo Blankenship just because he's a damn good dog. No, Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> By the way, he was my second leading scorer on the team that got beat this week with 15 points. He is great in your league if you're not going to pick him up. He's not a sleeper anymore because no. everybody knows he's the thing. I think that you should start uh, Jared Cook this week. I have Jared Cook starting my flex block. I have Zach Ertz. Okay. I picked up Jared Cook in a later round. They're playing uh, Green Bay. Yeah. All right. So if Michael Thomas is not back. Okay. You have Emmanuel Sanders. as Who the, just as, was awful. He was awful. But uh, assuming that that was a one-off performance, yeah. he's going to be the number one wide receiver. Yes. They have Smith. Yeah. They have Smith. And then you have Jared Cook. Jared Cook and Drew Brees have a really good relationship. He averaged 13 points last year in fantasy football, mm. um, despite not scoring only eight touchdowns. So that means he's getting a lot of receptions, yeah. a lot of looks, uh, and he's not touchdown dependent like a lot of tight ends are. I think he's a good stardom this week. I like Maybe it. Maybe a little bit of a sleeper pick, but you start him. I think he's going to have good numbers versus Green Bay. It's going to be surprising. Love it. Now, who are you sitting? Uh, I am sitting Deshaun Watson this week. Ooh, interesting. Un- underperformed. Mm-hmm, under, to say the least. Under, already and playing a really good Pittsburgh team with a really good defense. Pittsburgh's defense was not hit with the injury bug like everybody else was this week. Nope. I think it's a really tough matchup. He doesn't have the threats he thought anymore. That's somebody who I think a lot of people are going to start who I think is going to underperform. I like that. So do you want to keep your sleeper as Jared Cook too? No. No, no, no. no, no. I, have, I have two sleepers. Ooh. Uh, there was someone – so I did a trade. Did a trade and, and it left me an open slot. With that open slot, I picked up Gardner Minshew. That is a sleeper this week. They're playing Miami, who is 31st in defense. Gardner Minshew has scored uh, 20 points in yes. both of the games yep. so far. Playing pretty tough teams. He is position rank 11. 
Yeah. I think he is overperforming where people think he is. I, he's been doing 19.9 points this week. I think he's going to score more than that on Miami. Uh, I think he is a really good sleeper pick. I agree. Um, I like that. For for the oh, and then I had Josh. Come sorry, on. my computer just super messed up. <laughs> I think Gardner Minshew is surprising a lot of people. You and I were just talking about it today. How Leonard Fournette? You're like, why did they trade him? And I was like, I think they were trying to tank. But then Gardner Minshew had very yeah. good first two games, and so they're kind of like, can't now. All right, my second one isn't really a sleeper. Everybody knows about him. He's the third option on the Atlanta Falcons. I way overpaid for him <laughs> in fantasy. So the way that one of our leagues works is you pay for free agents, and I paid $50 for him, which was an accident. I meant to change it, and then my phone died, and waivers went through, and whatever. But Russell Gage. Mm. Um, Julio Jones is going to be double-teamed by every team. Yeah, Calvin really is good, and has been good. But so has Russell Gage. I agree. And Russell Gage has scored more points than Julio Jones in both yep. of the first two weeks. Do I think that is going to stay that way? Probably not. Especially when they play weaker teams where Julio is going to get loose. But I think he's getting consistent targets as the number three option on a team that is going to benefit from them throwing the football constantly. We don't run the, the football very no, often. No, you really don't. Because we have arthritis knees Todd Gurley, <laughs> who's great. Damn good dog. Yes. But we just don't run the football that often. I think they're going to throw a lot. I think it's going to give a lot of options for Russell Gage. Don't pay $50 for him with a $100 budget. But you know what? Pick him up in your league, and he's another sleeper pick. I agree. Well, speaking of paid athletes, yeah. let's talk about college football. Let's talk about Josh, your SEC is back. Better than ever. Let's just give a quick let, – let me just let me just go over my pick. UCF just absolutely throttled Georgia Tech. Uh, my sleeper pick did not work. No. Just absolutely throttled. But, hey, good shootout between Miami and Louisville. Miami, Josh and I said, they look like the real deal. Yeah, Miami looked like the real deal. Uh, they they got a couple of fortunate runs. They they their defense stepped up when they needed to. The game was a lot closer than the scoreboard made it appear. Yep. I still believe in the fighting Scott Hatterfields, the Louisville Cardinals. <laughs> uh, and we'll talk about that as we go into this week. But you know who's really impressing me after Who? this week? The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. After I after I did after week one, I told you they're the most overrated team every year. But the way that they have throttled yeah. the first two teams they played. I think they're the real deal, and they're going to have to go through Clemson. They're going to have to go through some really tough, or yeah. some good teams in the ACC that they normally wouldn't have to. I, I'm not I on really, the Notre Dame bandwagon. I, I, I I'm can't. not on the band. It's not a bandwagon. It's not a bandwagon. <laughs> I just think Notre Dame is good this year. Okay, I, and I, I think they're deserving of the, a top five spot. We'll we'll see how it goes. I, I just can't ever buy into that Notre Dame. Brian Kelly always seems to disappoint, but. Let's look into this week. SEC is back. Josh, your Georgia Bulldogs are back. Yeah, I'm okay. Can I be complete? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be real with you. Let's be. Let's be real. I'm. I'm not worried about Georgia losing to Arkansas, but I am worried about being a much closer game than people think it's gonna be. Well, the spread is twenty three and a half, right? Yeah, the spread is twenty three and a half. So they're expected to win by twenty four. Um, the issue is Georgia was gonna start with Jamie Newman, yep. Wake Forest transfer. He decided to opt out in the season when we got JT Daniels, the USC transfer. Yep. But JT Daniels is not cleared yet yeah. from an ACL tear, which means we're going to start with Dewan Mathis, oh, dear God. who missed all of last season with a brain <laughs> tumor of some sort or something. What? Yeah. He so, had, this, so he didn't play at all last year. Was was a, was a very highly touted recruit coming out, but missed hmm. all of last year. Interesting. And so I'm, I'm worried about the Bulldogs and the quarterback position. I think our running backs will be fine, and I think our defense will be I great. Agree. But I think the game might be a little bit closer than we expect. Um... Kentucky Auburn is going to. No, I think Auburn's going to win by a lot. I, I think Kentucky I, is overrated. Really? Yeah. 
But I think Auburn is too, though. They're always that dark, like not like dark horse, not dark horse team in the SEC. I feel like Kentucky can surprise yeah. some people. Do, do you know what's, what's going to be a good game, I think? What? Tennessee versus South Carolina. Really? Tennessee is ranked this year. Tennessee is always overrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spread is three and a half towards Tennessee. Interesting. This is a, if this was a non-pandemic year, this is a make it or break it year for Will Muschamp and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Mark he would that. be on Mark the that. hottest of hot seats if you know we weren't going through a global pandemic that was wrecking the economy. I agree. My, my game to watch LSU versus Mississippi State. Really? Only because LSU, Ed Oregon, said, and I quote, "Yeah, most of our boys have coronavirus." <laughs> so this team, uh, is, does that make them hardened? Are they hardened because they all have the coronavirus? You can argue that. And I want to see how they do without Joe Burrow. Yeah. I really do. I don't know who their quarterback is this year. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a freshman. Pretty sure it's a redshirt freshman. Like coming in this year as a freshman now finally. So we'll see how that goes. But speaking of takes, we're going to get right in to Josh's Jinx of the Week. Josh, would you like to tell your – your story of the uh, JJ, Joshua joined Jinx of the Week. Gabe, I would like to give you the honor of starting to tell the story, and I will interject when I feel necessary. Are you sure you want me to tell this? Yeah, it's just too too depressing. I understand that. So to, to we, 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 we talked about it earlier. Joshua, my, my buddy, pal here, big Atlanta guy, um, not the same since my Patriots came back 28-3. to three. Mm. Uh, PTSD every time they have a 20-point lead or more. But my boy Josh... Big better. He's a degenerate. Not, 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 a, not, not a big better. Let me talk. Let me talk. Let me talk. Okay, you can talk. Not you, a want big me to, you want me to tell the story. You a, want me to tell the story. Not a big better. You want me to tell the story. Not a big better. Anyway, Josh, we always watch NFL Red Zone together. He comes out and he goes, all right, I did it one time. I bet on my Falcons. I said, interesting. Are you not worried about your jinx? He goes, not at all. Cowboys are overrated and we are going to win. So the game goes on. You know, we're watching. We're like, oh, it's, it's 40 to like. They got the game in the bag. And let me tell you, folks, they did not have the game in the bag. Josh started to see them coming back, coming back after three Dak Prescott QB sneaks in the end zone, looking like the Vinches Dak trying to get paid, paid Dak. Which had an added bonus of I have Dak Prescott in one of my leagues, but I easily won that game. In the league where I lost by seven points. Yes. I had Ezekiel in. So if they handed the ball off to Zeke one of those times and he went in, I win this week in fantasy football. Didn't happen. Didn't happen, Didn't happen. So we watch, We turn on the game, and we're watching, and Greg Zerline comes up, no T, puts the ball sideways. The announcers go, have you ever seen someone do this? You know how it goes. They say no. Josh is a Falcons fan, looks at all of us distraught. They're like, of course they just said that because now it's going to happen to the Falcons. And then they gave the stat of the, what was it? 440-0. Versus that one more time. 440-0 with teams in the National <laughs> Football League scored at least 39 points and had zero turnovers. That is a lot of wins. He lines up. He kicks it. We all watch every single one on the Falcons team look at this ball as it is spinning, 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 and it stops 10 yards in the Dallas Cowboys fall on the football. Dak drives them down the field. They kick a field goal and they win. Well, on first down, so on, they recover the onside kick. And yeah, that's a, that's a kick in the nuts for sure. Yeah. But they 
they still had a chance. They were not in field goal range yet. On first down, they throw a pass and get it 20 yards further down the field, and it's just an easy field goal. Just devastating. I I don't think it's as bad as 28 to three because it wasn't a Super Bowl. That's fair. But if if 28 to three didn't have it happen in a Super Bowl, I think it's similar. I agree, and it's something that we're going to have to talk about and we're going to be disappointed for a very long time. And I think Josh might have PTSD every time a Falcons kicker – I mean, sorry, a Falcons special team comes out for an onside kick. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens, but we also need to talk about this week how LeBron is a little crybaby. Well, can we go back to college football for two seconds? Ah, sure, we can go back to college football. Okay, all right, all right. So the Houston – the University of Houston oh, dear God. is currently 0-0. Zero zero. Yeah. It they will, haven't played yet, right? It will remain that way this week as well oh. because Tulane oh. has postponed due to coronavirus oh, nice. yeah. issues. So, oh, sorry, the University of North Texas. Tulane is not canceled yet. That's the next opportunity on October <laughs> the 8th. Oh, that's All fun. Right. Rice canceled oh, on them. Baylor. Because of coronavirus. Wow. Baylor canceled all Big them 12. because of coronavirus. And now the University of North Texas canceled on them because of coronavirus. The Houston Cougars have played no teams, not because they're having a coronavirus issue, but because hey. all of their opponents. Come on, hey, give it up for Houston. Houston. Come on. Give it up for Houston. Houston, you, are, you have jinxed literally every team you've scheduled. Tulane, the coronavirus bug is heading towards you very, very soon. Watch out. I feel so bad for the Houston uh, hide your wife, hide your kids, yeah. hide your athletes. So let's get back into this. Yeah. Let's shift. Let's shift. Let's you know? shift again. Let's shift. shift. Shifting. Ready, ready. As shift. a kid, yeah, we shifted. As the cool kids say nowadays, let's roll a blunt and smoke one for the homies. And that's exactly what Bronny James did. <laughs> you made a good point. Is LeBron James a bad dad? Yeah, let, hear me out. If my son had the audacity to do drugs... And I found out about it, and he was dumb enough to post about it on social media. I would leave whatever bubble I was in yep. to go punish him, yep. to show him that that is bad. But bad. LeBron James, all LeBron James did all he, was play the harmonica and post it on his Instagram. Ooh. What is that going to do? What is it? You have an audience of young kids, and all you're going to do is sit in your bubble, cry, get carried by AD. And play your harmonica. Speaking of being carried by AD, I don't know if you saw the um, interview where he was being interviewed by voters about the whole MVP, how a couple years ago he got um, screwed from Defensive Player of the Year, how he deserved that. Yeah. Uh, he goes on and on and on. He thinks he got screwed this year for MVP. I'm going to say a hot take right now, and I officially believe it after AD hitting a buzzer beater. AD is the best player on the Lakers. Yeah. I'm going to well, say it. Uh, there was a discussion, and we're not going to get into NHL because I don't know it too well, but there was yes. a discussion last night between Willie, who was on the show last week, Kyle, one of our other friends, and me, yeah. about hockey and about MVP. The MVP went to somebody who had um, uh, Jesus, yes. uh, Connor McDavid. And Kyle's point was, you can't have an MVP on a team that has the best player in the league. Interesting. Yeah. So if you have a dynamic duo like that, yeah, interesting. Then the MVP, you're not the most valuable person. That's anymore. true. That's true. Look at what happened when Giannis Antetokounmpo the, was out. Chris Middleton would step up. Yeah. Who was stepping up on that team? Kyle Korver. The, the fact that they made it as far as they did. Now I know it's a weaker Eastern Conference, yes. but the fact that they made it as far as they did is solely on the back of, of Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
I 100% agree with you, Josh. Thank you. I'm so glad. Also, I'm not a LeBron. Okay, I am a LeBron hater. Yeah, you are. I'm you a are 100% LeBron, LeBron, hater. LeBron hater. I respect him as an athlete. I yeah. think he's a great athlete, but I'm. I think he cries too much. I don't think he's that good as people say. And I think AD overshines him. That, that's 100% true. And I can't get this out of my mind, but a whole bunch of national basketball players, mm-hmm. national basketball association players, NBA yep. players, yep. forget that the MVP is a regular, regular. season award. Let's say this one more time. A regular, regular season, season award. award. It's right. not about the playoffs. And even if it was, AD hit the buzzer beater. LeBron's the one that shied away from it. LeBron goes through the regular season the way I'm going through my nutrition class, sleepwalking, all right? <laughs> all right? So you can't give MVP to a guy who sleepwalks through the regular season so no. his old-ass body can make it through the playoffs. Amen, Josh. And you have Giannis, like you said, carrying a very weak team. But Like, Giannis makes that team. He has to work his ass off so then they can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think another hot take. I think Giannis, that's a different time to talk yeah. about. I think Giannis leaves. Mm-hmm. I don't think he stays. I really don't. I think he's I think he's realizing that he has enough talent to go help out a team and wants to go win. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where he would go, but here's the deal. He had dinner with the ownership, I think the governor, of, yep. of the Milwaukee Bucks. They promised to bring someone in to help him. Yeah. The issue is what caliber of player wants to go to Milwaukee? Exactly. That's my point. You don't – like LeBron James wasn't thinking about going to Cleveland to another small market team. No. He went from Cleveland to Miami, which is a huge market, back and then to back Cle- to Cleveland, which is hometown. Reason, hometown. Yeah, to hometown come back, win a championship. Yeah. Then but once, then, once yes. you do that, where do you go? Another no, major market. Yes, exactly. I, I just don't see them getting that type of talent. I agree. I'm, to Milwaukee. And I, I love Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a great city. That yes. is not a hit on the city of Milwaukee. No. I just think it's too small of a market for a shining star like Giannis and somebody else. I agree. Speaking of big markets, LeBron, AD, up 2-1. Uh, you and I talked today. I think it should be flipped. Denver should be up 2-1. Great, great shot by AD. Mm-hmm. Um, predictions for the rest of the series? I think, I think the West – I think the Lakers could win it in six. Okay. Or – I think it's going six. Yep. I think it's going six. Denver could win it in six as well. I think okay. the East is going to seven. Interesting. Both of them are going to go very long. Okay. No team is going to win it in five. All right. I I just really like the fight that the Nuggets have given throughout. I do too. Everyone talks about how, oh, they played so many more games because all of their series have gone yeah. to seven games. But that just shows their resolve. I I mean, um, I agree. I, I would not want to play the Nuggets in no. an elimination game. No, neither would I. They're, they're hot right now. Yeah. I think Nuggets win in six. And I think the Heat win in five. You think the Heat? I think the Celtics I, are going to win tonight. I don't think so. I think Heat are going to hey, win. Okay, here's my thing. If if the Celtics win tonight, it's a long series. Mm-hmm. If the Heat win, you are correct. But okay. it comes down to tonight's game. Well, I mean, hold. which which will probably come out before we post this. Yes. So we will see, but we'll see tonight. I'm a big Heat guy, and you know me. I'm a big Jimmy B fan. Jimmy Buckets, love him. Duncan Robinson, best three-point shooter in the league. But let's move on from this and talk about – I mean, this involves both the sports. COVID. Yeah, COVID. So NBA, NFL doing a fantastic job at doing tests, everything, the bubbles. And I mean, NFL is doing great with no bubble. That That's what's really interesting to me and something that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is how bad the MLB screwed up oh their, my gosh, their, their testing or whatever at the beginning. And the NFL is having very few issues with that. So, are NFL players more responsible than MLB players? 
I don't. Okay, that. I, I it's a weird question, but yes, I like think they are. I think I don't mean to say this in like a wrong way, but like I think the NFL players care more. Uh, no, okay, I also think it's easier when the season is shorter. They only Fair. have to care for 14, 14 weeks. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, 16 weeks. Yeah. Plus playoffs, whatever. That MLB season is forever long. long. Stupid But it's long. only 60 games this time. Just, like, chill the yeah. hell out for a second. I don't know. I just feel like in a sport like football, yeah. there's, when it all comes down to a team effort, yeah. I think you're more team-oriented. I think that baseball as a sport is – yeah, it's a team sport, but it's more individualized in your performance. For sure. And so then you get guys that are more self-centered. Oh, 100%. Let me ask you the question. Yeah. Is the NFL and NBA doing so much better, and you can even put MLB no. in there, than college because of the funding they have? Or do you think it's the lack of looking at athletes in college as student athletes instead of athletes? I think it boils down to one thing. What's that? 21-year-old guys and girls <laughs> who have been told they're the shit their whole lives yeah, that's fair. are dumbasses. Oh, ter- yeah. I mean, and they're they're gonna do dumb things. I I'm taking a class of terrorism right now. My <laughs> professor, we 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 almost got sent home from our university because of a COVID outbreak. Yep. And he was talking about how what the university didn't take into account was the fact that the people that decided to come back are the ones that are more likely to do risky behavior because those that were like risk adverse yes. didn't come back. They stayed home because yep. that was an option. And you know, I just kind of think about that and like your athletes, especially at, at Power five schools and football and basketball, the mm. money making sports, have been told they are the best at everything and can do whatever they want. Yep. A lot of them, at least in Georgia, came from really small towns that they could murder someone on Fifth Avenue and they <laughs> would play football Friday night. Um, oh that, that's just the truth. So I think when you just put dumb athletes in a situation like that where it's not, they're not in their own bubble, hmm. you're more likely to run into these issues. And I do think it also comes down to funding, but. Yeah. Because they're not employees, you bring up a good point, you can't really control everything that they do no. as much as you can. And if you try to control them, then, then you will lose every labor relation dispute from here on out. This is fair. Well, COVID is out there. We hope you guys stay safe. Can I have one more COVID story that I wanted to mention I would, last I week? I would love to hear this. This has to do oh, with, this is funny, with high yes. school football. So the wonderful state of California has delayed their high school football season. That has not stopped one quarterback whose name I cannot remember, but he's the number 14 yes. quarterback in the country. His parents legally separated so that his dad and him could move to Valdosta, Georgia, which is hotter than the devil's ass crack and humid and just not a great place. Yep. So they can play football for Valdosta, who has rush props to made national headlines two years ago for headbutting a football player oh, with a helmet on and making his own forehead bleed. His parents got legally separated so that that could happen so they could play high school football this year. Are his parents crazy? I think that the fact that like that's such a big deal yeah. is, is just wild to me. I agree. I mean, like, First of all, the parents have no plans on divorcing. The separation was just so that he would be – he could legally play in the state of Georgia. Oh, my gosh. that It's hard to comprehend that. Yeah. Now, high school football is, is a quasi-religion in Georgia. Yeah, I get that, especially in South Georgia like Valdosta. But that was just a wild story I read. It was on ESPN. Uh, their high school football reporter was talking about it, and I was like, wow. 
That that's COVID. That's 2020 in a nutshell. It is 2020 in a nutshell. So going with that, coming from that, please don't get your parents separated because you want to play football. Yeah. Stay safe. COVID's out there. We wish you the best of luck in your fantasy. This Wash week. your damn hands. Wash your damn hands, you dirty bastards. Please be safe. Hey, start them, sit them, sleep them. Listen to us. We know what we're talking about. Just kidding. Do not listen to me. I'm 0-2 in all my leagues. All right. Let's end it the way that every other podcast does. You can subscribe to us on Twitter. Yeah, uh, you we can. Have, on Twitter, we are on Couch Instagram, Clash. Couch Clash. So find us on Twitter at Couch Clash. Capital C in the couch, capital C in the clash, one word. Find us on Instagram, same way. Give us a follow. We'll be posting fun content on there. Tell your friends about us because we're just that freaking great. We are great. And we're just two white suburban boys looking for some fun and people to talk to. We're going to start getting a big follow, hopefully, in our social media. So then we can start asking you guys questions you want to hear in the podcast. Can we end on a dad joke? Sure, you can add on a dad joke. Okay, all right. Gabe. What's up? What do you call a wolf after you teach him how to meditate? I don't know. A werewolf. Well, you heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Have a great week.